hey, this is a future of what single. If you want to get the whole thing, visit our website at killrockstars.com slash the future of what. To my left, we have Joe Steinhardt from Don Giovanni Records. We have Stephen Hill from Warp. We have Fergus Denham from Red Eye. Eden Brooke from Breakworld. And Jesse Frick from Father Daughter Records. Sometimes you have bands who are really invested and excited and enthusiastic about marketing themselves. And not necessarily in those words, because that always sounds terrible. No one's like, I want to market myself. They're like, no. But rather, you know, like just cool ideas, like what could we do? And then you have those bands who like totally don't, who are just like, I just want everyone to get my music by ESP. So do you guys have any, anyone else on the panel want to talk about like an artist that was particularly easy to work with or hard to work with around marketing? Yeah, at Breakworld, we worked with Goth Money. I felt like they just naturally were coming up with ideas and just, you know, marketing themselves on like a daily basis to where it kind of just worked within what we were doing as well because their person, it was six members and each of their personal Instagrams was always like lit. <laughs> so I don't know. They, they were very reactive to ideas and you know, sometimes had ideas that were completely unrealistic, but it was still, like, refreshing to see someone, like, really trying to think in different ways, in, like, modern ways. But, yeah, and then I've had the experience of artists who don't really want to, like, step away from that world as much as possible and leave it to the label to be their voice so they can kind of have a little bit of separation. What did you do for that Goth Money campaign? Well, we decided to actually invest in the photos for the guys and they ended up being very artful and everyone was throughout like the six months of the release I feel like photos kept on coming out and they were releasing them in interesting ways and you know everyone loves selfies and like it was kind of that that idea like if you have enough iconic you know you're just kind of like really making these guys icons. So it, it's it's hard to really know exactly how that translates to sales, but, you know, in terms of just introducing, like, the most beautiful image we could of these people, yeah, I don't know, humanizes them and just makes it more of a subconscious, like, thinking about them. I mean, we also made a chopped and screwed version of the record, which I'm pretty sure Marcy made in, like, probably an hour and a half. But we were able to team up with BitTorrent to do a bundle, and we ended up getting like half a million downloads on it. So uh, something you said about the photos being iconic and getting out there, I think a lot of times one of the best marketing tools for artists is having some kind of an image, and you know whether it's images that they do themselves or whether it's images that the label helps put together and put out there. I always talk about the white stripes when I talk to young bands because I'm just like, they wore red and white. It really worked. Like, very simple concept, and everybody knew exactly what they were looking at. And I think about a band like Power Bottom on your label, Jesse. And, I mean, is it easier, would you say, to market a band that has already got this amazing kind of look so that the photographs themselves are going to be, you know, pretty amazing no matter what? I mean, I think when you work with an artist that has, like, the level of charisma that they have, everything's easy. <laughs> it's almost too easy. Yeah, they definitely think a lot about their look and how they want to be portrayed and how they, you know, because you just judge 
someone off of one image. So they think about that a lot. They also work with a lot of photographers that they're close with. So, you know, these people understand their vision and who they are, and they tend to work with people close to them, which I think kind of helps propel, you know, the message they're trying to make. What's been your experience with marketing the band in general? Have people responded really well? Or, I mean, compared to other bands on your label? I mean, even when people respond negatively, they eat it up. They just got in a Twitter feud with the guy from SNL like a couple weeks ago. All of Twitter just like went off on him because he did this a story on like the news portion about gender conformity, which they're like very into identifying as non-gender, uh, non, non-binary and queer artists. So they just like totally went off on him. But it's been interesting with them because they kind of speak for this like unspoken underground revolution that's happening and they're really bringing it to the forefront. So yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting seeing like mainstream media and music kind of be a little surprised at what they're doing and it's taking them a while to kind of get accustomed to it. But then they have all of these fans in the underground that are just like helping to lift them up. And also they're having, I mean, news is happening around them. I mean, just a few days ago, wasn't it, that they had a protest outside one of their shows? Oh, yeah, yeah. But see, that's like what quote-unquote would be negative press. They like took selfies of them and like, you know, were talking about their outfits and how sad they looked in their hoodies. So, you know, they somehow managed to turn anything that like could be potentially disastrous they like just sprinkle it with glitter and it's totally like fabulous at the end. So yeah, it's, it's been great working with them for sure. Yeah, none of us in this room are jealous of you at all. I have a lot of glitter all over my apartment. Like when they leave, I have to like shake everything out. So don't be too jealous. So Joe, we want to get you in the conversation here. What do you got to say about marketing? Anything? Waste of time? I got a lot of stuff to add to the panel, I hope, but I'm probably the worst person to come in on marketing because in many ways, a label like mine and rejects marketing in many of its kind of forms. We still have to obviously tell people about what we're doing and that's really important, but this concept of marketing as a concept is kind of something that like my label tends to reject and a lot of our artists tend to reject, which makes selling records sometimes more challenging. So we have to figure out how we're gonna tell people about stuff without marketing. And obviously at some level, you can say all this stuff is marketing, but we don't, we just don't think about it as much. But I hope I can add a lot to other aspects of the panel. And I'm happy to talk to you about like the rejection of marketing. And, but you know, Joe, your, your rejection of marketing is your marketing. Well, that, that, I mean, that's, that's kind of my point. It's like at some level, right, you can be like, well, this is marketing. And yeah, of course, like, you know, we make stickers for our bands and we put stuff up on YouTube. But a lot of that just feels like creating meaningful content that people are looking for. Like we're not just making to make It's kind of like, okay, I like this band. What would I want if I like this band? I'd like to see videos of them playing. Okay, let's make some videos of them playing for people to find, you know? And yeah, of course, at some level that's marketing, but this sort of broader idea of like strategically figuring out, you know, how we're gonna market for the sake of doing a good marketing campaign just isn't something that like I've ever been interested in. And it's probably to my detriment. So I'm not trying to be like, everyone be like me. I'm just saying this is the reality. Like I'm sure many of you <laughs> that do the marketing stuff are much more successful at your goals but my goal is not as much to sell as my goal is to avoid marketing and a lot of the corporate stuff. And that is my goal, so I am successful at that. But if your goal is to, <laughs> to sell, you know, if your goal is to raise awareness of boards of Canada, then that is a really good way to do it. 
but the budget of that was probably the size of like my entire operation, you know. So you'd be surprised. <laughs> really you'd be surprised how much that costs. <laughs> well, that's like, anyway, basically nothing. Really? In fact. Well, you might be surprised at the size of my operation. Then. <laughs> yeah, he's putting out 300 records as a part-time job. <laughs> it's incredible. Fergus, you want to get in on this? Well, I'd agree with what everyone said, really, about Joe saying that no marketing, that in reality is his marketing campaign. That's his brand. That's kind of what the labels he probably loved in the past did. They'd kind of not do much traditional marketing. They wouldn't hire press. They wouldn't hire radio people. They wouldn't place ads. They'd play shows. And that's a way to get to a very specific demographic who are very interested in what those labels do and kind of agree with their ethos. And then with the Warp Boards of Canada campaign, that's obviously appealing to a very high aesthetic. And that's a reflection of that band and kind of what Warp does, I'd say. So... I'd say most marketing is like, um, the job of marketing is to just to amplify what an artist represents. And Joe's marketing is all about that. It's like keeping it real, not spending money on things that he doesn't think are important or won't make a difference. But for his bands, it's really key. And, you know, there's a mystery to Warp Records, I think, that's really interesting. And so they put out records that are quite challenging to a lot of people. They always have a high aesthetic. And that campaign, I was not aware of that campaign. Why would I be? It's super underground. I wasn't listening to Radio 1 at the right time. I didn't go into Record Store Day and find that record. But for their fans, that would have been unbelievably exciting, I would think. Yeah. You know, there's some record. It's got some weird <laughs> on it. I don't know what it's going on about. I've been to the coordinates. There's nothing here. Or there's like some, <laughs> there's like some concrete structure. What the f***? And then <laughs> there's a record... Oh, then there's a record comes out and it's like really well received with traditional marketing campaigning behind it, but the seeding of that campaign makes it a really unique release. Those things work on loads of different levels. And as Stephen said, it's like that's a reflection of where the artists are and the label. And it, that's kind of when marketing works. It's like when everybody's thinking about what their ultimate goal is and then what an interesting path to it. There are, you know, traditional marketing, which is what most labels do, does work and is usually a good reflection of those labels. But sometimes you can have a lot of fun with like something that's kind of extreme or kind of interesting, or you've got a very small budget, or you've got a huge budget, and you can do things that are just entertaining, even if it's only entertaining for the people in the label. If you have a success with that campaign, then you can retrace those steps and then talk about the key moment was this crazy idea that no one really knew about, but like it can, they can be really significant in those kind of campaigns, I think. And I think photographs, image is really key to how you promote bands, I think. It's like, because there's a lot of music out there, but striking images can really stand out and really make people pay attention to, oh, they look really interesting. And I'd agree with the White Stripes. They had an aesthetic from the off and stuck with it. And it's literally brilliant. I think, you know, they always look good and you understood where it came from and you thought, this is a band that cares about every angle. Everything they did has that aesthetic. It's like, that's a complete marketing campaign and they still do it with Third Man, I think. It's all thought about. Everything they put out is thought about very carefully and I think that's really important because it makes people who buy into that really buy into it and kind of go with it forever. Well, I think I'm sort of on, the, on Joe's tip about marketing because it's hard to imagine 
me being a marketer, I'm not very good at it. It's not like where my brain goes immediately. But it is fun to have to work with different artists because artists bring so much to the table. And I, whenever I think about marketing campaigns, the only thing I ever think about is the win a date with Marnie Stern competition that we held. Do you guys remember that at Red Eye? I lost. <laughs> Sorry. It explains a lot about your life, actually, that you lost. That was really fun, and that was totally Marnie's idea. So she was really into it. And that was a campaign that did itself. Like, we didn't have to do anything. It was just so hilarious, and people loved it. But then there's other bands where, you know, they have no interest, and you're like, cool, that's fine. We're just going to put it out on this release date, and you guys play some shows, and there we go. Did you like what you heard? Then subscribe to The Future of What on iTunes. And thanks for listening. was Full of It by Summer Cannibals.